begin life is uh, because it's so important. It's so so important <coughs> to begin Miyaisha Chavetz Chaim. It's so important to begin our life with with thinking as we begin our day, as we begin, because our life is our day. You think about life. You're in your life right now. Life is right now is today. That's when it's happening. And we think about we think about uh, how I want to change my life, how we want to grow, how we want to become, take advantage of the moments. Thank you so much, Izzy. We want to take advantage of the moments. I made a bracha before. We want to take advantage of the moments that we have in this planet, on this world, to, to experience. Well, everyone here wants to experience. We want to experience love. We want to, right? I was blessed I was, as I was walking in to bump into Hashem orchestrated that I was uh, bumped into uh, J.J. Lefkowitz, a tzaddik, right? Walking in and he inspired me as he always inspires me when I just look at him and I see him. And why do I say that? Because the inspiration is is that we all want the same thing at the end of the day. We all want to experience uh, peace inside. We all want to experience love. We all want to experience growth. We all want to experience this world that we're put in. We're put in a crazy world. We're put in a confusing, confusing world. And we get pulled this way and we get pulled this way and we have this challenge here and we have this challenge there and it's busy. Things can get very busy in a person's mind, in a person's inside. And if a person is not able to sort of uh, press pause on his life and press his pause button and say, okay, what is it that I want to do and how is it that I'm going to get there? What are the things that I need to do to get to this peace, to get to this experience of love, this experience of positivity, this experience of, of this life that Hashem gifted each and every one of us. Because especially when you're, when you're 19, 20, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, these are years that are very, very, very crucial. Crucial years in your development. All years are crucial, but when you're a little bit younger, you're sort of, you're sort of uh, not really... Um, um, thinking. There's not really such a thought process. It's just all reactions. When a person gets a little bit older, 18, 19, that's the time that a person begins to detach and begins to go from dependency to independency, which we've spoken about many times. And that's why it's so challenging. It's so challenging when a person wants to become more independent, when a person wants to take control of his life. The first step that a person can do, the first step that a person um, is able to do is to, is to say, The Pasuk in Tehillim, David Amal says, Who is the person who wants life? Who wants life? He loves his life. He loves every day to see the good. To see the good. And it's one of the most uh, challenging things for a person to work on. You can't white knuckle, you can't grind to see the good. It's not something you could force yourself. See the good, see it, right? It's like you're going 
on your uh, trip with your family. We're going to have a good time. We're going to, guys, you better be quiet. Right? You'll see as you're traveling with your family and you're going on a trip and there's fighting in the back and there's this and that. And again, right? Exactly. Because anyone who's been on a trip, right, with their family knows that that's usually what happens. As you're going with your family and there's this and that, like, son, we're going to have a good time. Otherwise, I'm going to punish. Like, what are you going to do? You can't force people to have a good time. You can't force a good time. You can't force positivity. You can't force love. You ever try and force love? It's a, it's a, it's a paradox. Love is something that, that, that naturally comes. Love is something is a feeling that you get. Now, this is the mistake that we make many times. Becoming a person who's a positive person is not something that you can force on yourself. You can't force yourself to be someone who doesn't talk Lashon Hara. The reason people talk Lashon Hara, the reason people talk bad about other people is because they have something inside of them. They have something inside of them that's negative. They have something inside of us. Right? There's a tremendous, let me see if I could read it. There's an amazing, 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 amazing um, shot set on Avram Avinu that I want to share with everybody. Um, Yosef Weiss actually sent it to me. I mean, I know this shot, but I didn't know, I, I, didn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't find it. And I asked him because I knew he'd be able to find it for me. Echad haya Avraham. Listen to this. Avraham Avinu, Abraham. Abraham, our, our father. Abraham, Avraham. Was Echad. What does that mean? Right, the Pasuk in Yecheskel, I think it's in Yecheskel, says that Avraham was Echad. He was one. What does that mean? Listen to this. Unbelievable. One of the tzaddikim says over. Avraham Ovid Hashem Rak Al Echad. Now this is where people struggle, especially when you're a teenager, the the uh, or 20 years old, 21, whatever age you are, people struggle with this. Um, the Mesil Sharm says that we struggle with this. He says that we need approval from other people. We look for other people to live our lives. Avram Avinu didn't do that. Listen to what he says. He He didn't look at anybody else. What anybody else was doing. Comparison is the thief of joy. You want to be not happy? Compare yourself to other people. Have comparison within yourself. Or compare yourself to yourself. Right? Oh, I used to that. We do that also. Oh, when I was... Right, you could speak to people. All they talk about is 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 the good old days, right? <coughs> if all somebody's talking about is the good old days, you know that's trouble. I want to talk about now. I want to talk about my future. I want to get excited about life. So Avram Avinu, he did not look at anybody. Hashem, people who just go away from God, and they held them back. Below all of it. Listen to this. He didn't think about his father. He didn't look at his father or our Shar Hamonim or anyone else who might hold him back. He didn't look at anybody else on the planet. He said, how am I going to live my life? I want to live my life. Now that's power. That's power. He says, Anybody who wants to come and be an Ovid Hashem, anybody who wants to live a life that we all want to live. 
Efshar. It's impossible. It's impossible. Shalolichnos. It's impossible to enter the 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 pathway of Pischuli Sharei Tzedek. Right to to go into the to the Sharei Tzedek to go into the the gates of righteousness to go into become to be a ish to be. To be someone who loves life, right? You want to be that guy who's the positive guy. Oh, Yosef, I just mentioned you. I'm, I'm reading over the piece you sent me. It's impossible. It's impossible to be happy. It's impossible to be happy if you're looking at other people. Kiyim, listen to what he says. Kiyim hu levado ba'olam. You have to look at yourself like you're alone in the world, which we'll talk about in a second. al shum adam amono. Don't look at anybody or anything that holds you back. Kigon Aviv the Emo. Unbelievable. Even your father, even your mother. Ochosno. Even your father-in-law, your son, I don't know what, what it's referring to. Ishto, even your wife. Ubanov, he's talking about. Even your wife, your children, your anything, your boss, your, your roommate, your anyone. Don't look at any circumstance, right? What's it called in English? The mother of excuses. What's the mother of excuses? Right? Avram Avinu's mother's name was what? Ask Rabbi Tawil. What's Rabbi? Right? Avram Avinu's mo- mother's name was what? Amasla. Amasla. What's the mother, right? They say the mother of excuses. What does Amasla mean in Ivrit? Amasla means an excuse. It's an excuse. Everybody has an excuse. Everybody has a reason. Why do I sleep all day? I'll tell you exactly why I sleep all day. Why am I a negative guy? I'll tell you exactly why I'm a negative guy. Why do I sit on my phone for 17 hours a day? Why? Why am I addicted to this? Why am I, why am I, everyone can give you the excuse. And it's a great excuse, right? There, you can have a library of your house of all your excuses. And you could pull out a book and show it to someone else and say, hey, this is my excuse. And know what he'll say? He'll say, you too? Me too, we're in the excuse club. Mothers of excuses, why we speak negatively, why we live a certain way, why we this, and you have every excuse in the book. <coughs> but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, excuses don't produce results. You are 100% right. You are 100% right with the reason why you have so much anxiety. Because your mother has anxiety. Because your father has anxiety. Because you grew up a certain way. Because you don't, you never got the love that you wanted to get. Or your experience, whatever it might be, everyone can say whatever they want to say and they're 100% right. But at the end of the day, this is what he says. He says, at the end of the day, Unbelievable. But Avram Avinu, Baruch Hashem, we're still in the parsha of Avram. Could you imagine getting a bris? A bris mila, nobody got a bris mila. Could you imagine being the first guy to go do something, the first one to do something? It's very challenging to be the first person to do something. Because then you don't have, you don't have who to rely on. You know, I say I, I advise for some people to read the book, uh, which is a great book, which I do, which I would advise everyone to read, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You could, you could, you could just... You could just stay on habit number one. Because habit number one is take responsibility for your life. 
take responsibility for As Zalmi Batwinik says, who's taking full responsibility for his life, he said this last year, it might be, it's not about whose fault it is. At the end of the day, it might not be your fault. But who's responsible for your life? Who's responsible to deal with it? You're right. It's not your fault that you're like this. It's not your fault like that. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. But at the end of the day, if you have anxiety, at the end of the day, you can have anxiety because it's in your blood. And your whole family has anxiety. And the whole world, everybody, who doesn't have anxiety? Everybody has anxiety. At the end of the day, you can blame anxiety. At the end of the day, you have ADD, ADHD, AD, whatever D. We all have that. Everybody has that. At the end of the day, you might suffer from depression. There are people who are sad. There are people who have depression in their family. There are people who have that. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. But the, but the question is, are you dealing, are you owning up and saying, this is my life? Now, when you're 15 years old, I agree with you. You're totally, I'm serious. I would not have this, say this conversation. I don't think I would say this conversation if I was talking to a bunch of 15-year-olds. I wouldn't. I'd be like, I'll see you in a few years. That's what I would say. I'm being serious. I remember when uh, Rafi Pines came to me in 11th grade. He was in Silver Spring. And he met me in, my, uh, in uh, Baltimore. I was at my parents' house. And he met me and he's like, uh, talking to me. I said, there's nothing for me and you to talk about. Go to Waterbury for two, three years and then you come to Yeshiva. That's it. I have nothing to say to you. What am I going to say to you? Kachave, Baruch Hashem. That ended up happening. But what's my point? If you're 15 years old, 16 years old, I got nothing to tell you. 16, 17, even if you're first year here, I would say, okay, you begin. You have to begin your journey of detaching. Begin your journey I don't mean first year, it depends how old you are, right? Not everyone's like, uh, not everyone's as mature as Levy over there, right? Not everyone's as mature as Levy. But if you're a guy who's, if you're a guy who is, who, who is, who is, who is hungry, if you're someone who's hungry or wants to be hungry, if you're looking to be hungry to, to, to love your life, as I was telling JJ as we walking in here, right? It's all about, it's all about, it's all about saying, and that's why I love Hilchus Lashon Haram. I'm being serious. Baruch Hashem, the last, the last, um, the last little bit because of the chasana, and I, lo- and I love, I love Simcha, and I love my, my own son's wedding, and it's great, and it's amazing, and I love Sheva Brachas. Mir Hashem, this week, it's going to be busy with Sheva Brachas. I love Simchas and all that. But, but what it does to me, <laughs> you're getting excited, Haram. Right, what it does to me, which is great, is that I get, I get to hang around with people, and I love people. I'm a people's person. That's part of my personality. I've always been a people's person. I love, I love, I love, I love hanging around people and simchas and simchas. But one of the things that you get to see when you meet a lot of different people, a lot of different people, is I, is I, realize, I realize how blessed we are to, to talk and to live the way we live over here. And that is... Living a life, you know, I, I'll say this. I'm not saying this to give my son, Avram, credit. But, like, he, he, he came home last night. We came home last night. Baruch Hashem, beautiful Shemar Brachas. But it's been just a busy week or whatever. And we sat down from La Malka. And he's like, Tati, we got, let's go learn purity of speech. It's been such a long time. Because as a family, as a family, you know, we haven't really been together so much. Just because it's just been so busy. We haven't sat down together. And he's like, Tati, like, we got to learn, 
Like, let's learn. And I didn't say anything. I wasn't like, you know, whatever. Like, wh- why am I saying that? Because, and not because there was l- Lush and Hara, not, not because people don't Lush and but there are subtleties in the world. When you go in the world, when you go in the world and you're not consistently, constantly reminding ourselves, if you're not reminding yourself and your wife and your children and your family and this yeshiva and, 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 uh, you know, and, 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 and the, the, the importance of how to look at things, the importance of judging lakafschus, the importance of, of jokes, right? Jokes are something that are big disclaimers when it comes to being with other people. People think you can make jokes and you could say things and, and, and you're allowed to, you know, uh, uh, say things to other people as a joke and that that's mutter. Right? When you're out there in the world, I don't have to tell you guys, when you're out there in the world, so we all forget how, how sometimes unsafe it can be. When you're out there in the world, it's very unsafe. I had my, my uh, clothes, an aunt, a very special person, used to tell us, and I've mentioned it here, right? You, you, you want to love your, ch- you want to give your, your wife all the love and your children. Love, love, love. Your home needs to be a place of pure, pure love doesn't mean you can't discipline. Discipline is a chalik of love. Chesich shiftoi, we'll learn about Yitzchak Avinu. Chesich shiftoi, soinez beno. If you don't discipline someone, then you don't love them. If you, don't, if you let a child run across the street, right? I always say that, right? People sometimes grow up with extra uh, heavy discipline. They're like, oh, I'm going to let my kids do whatever they, whatever they want. Sometimes people say that. That's terrible. You can't let your kids do whatever they want. That's, that's hate, not hating. That's, that's not, a child needs to know what's right. It just has to be done in a loving, and in a, in a, not in an angry way, in a balanced way. Not, not, not because you're angry, you're disciplining. But the shot is, is that when a person learns to have love in his house, because when you go outside, when you leave your house, and I mean the yeshiva, this yeshiva Baruch Hashem, is filled with love, and we speak about Hilchus Lashon Hara, and we speak about donning Lakafschus, and we speak about the fact that all the externals don't matter. It's all the internals that matter. That's what this yeshiva is about. That's what Judaism is about. At the end of the day, that's what Judaism is. It's not that this yeshiva is, is, a, is a new uh, religion. right? We're just talking Judaism. And Yiddishkeit is all about the inside. It's not about the outside. It's all about how much a person works on himself inside. So with that, we start with purity of speech. The reason I say that is because until a person is able to stop looking at other people, and it's one of the hardest things, especially in social media, especially in the world that you guys have in social media and, and looking at other things and WhatsApps and, and statuses and other people. My biggest advice is train yourself now, slowly, to not look at other people. Don't be busy in someone else's life. Be busy in your life. Get obsessed with your life. Get into your life. Figure out what are my strengths. What are my weaknesses? What is it that I have to work on? What is it that I want? What is it that, how can I get there? What are my problems? That starts with Chafetz Chaim, with, with purity of speech. Because it's not about talking Lush and Hara. Lush and Hara is a is an outgrowth of a person feeling a certain way about himself. Okay, question, comments, and then we'll start with the halacha. <coughs> Please. 
Yes, Nisano. Is it possible that somebody could have some negativity in themselves? Um, because ultimately we're always, you know, until being turned out, we're going to have some sort of negativity in us. That's why we're here to try to. Yeah, of course. Of course. Is that why? Because still not some negative negativity. Well, so, so that's a great question. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. I just know that, I just know that um, that that's where it comes from. I mean, that's where it comes from. What you see in someone else is really from what, what what's in yourself. So I don't, I don't know. You can't see it if it's not inside of yourself. You won't be able to see it. Because I'll say, because why did I see it? You're not able. Hashem wouldn't have you see it. You can only speak Lashon Hara, right, if you see something negative, correct? Had you see it. So, I'm not even just saying projection, I'm not even just saying psychologically projection seeing negative. I'm saying the fact that Hashem made you see it, He wouldn't make you see it if you didn't have it. So, yeah, so I guess the answer is yeah. Oh, we have a... Good, right? So if I see something bad in somebody, it's because it's bad about me. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Correct. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to see it. You couldn't see it. And we pick it up. Our antenna picks it up even stronger when it's inside of me. It's very hard to hear that. Exactly. We don't like to hear that. Because it's like, what do you mean? But it's him. Uh, uh, but it's him. But it's him. And we could swear that it's him. But you wouldn't be able to see it if it wasn't you. That's what's very, very difficult for people to hear that concept. Nobody wants to hear the concept that somebody else... What I see in someone else, I have. Because then it's scary. It's very scary. Because then you see, you, then uh, you're stuck with all the, the negative things that you see. You're like, it can't be, it can't be. But I've sat down with people, I could, uh, whatever, I don't, I don't need to do it. But I'm just saying it's, it works every time. I don't think there's been any time. It doesn't have to be that exact, exact, exact thing. It could have, you know, uh, uh, you know, those people are so judgmental. Those people, right? Those groups of people, right? You ever have that one? Those groups of people are so judgmental. Uh, that's a very judgmental statement, is it not? <laughs> that's a very judgmental statement. When you say those people are very, very negative, um, I, I would say that that's a negative line. And if you say someone, someone is so negative, that, that's, that's also negative. I told you that's where I had that line, I think it was a log bomber a few years ago, where I saw this guy with his kid, and he was saying, you know, will you stop being so negative? And I'm like, thank you so much. Like, thank you. I'll never forget that line. Will you stop being so negative? You know, that was so negative. So I'm just saying, what we see in somebody else, right, we carry, we carry very much. We carry a lot. Okay, so let's begin with the halakha. That thing with Lava, yeah. is that where we learn like the Mida of Lavado? Or is it completely like, the opposite of codependency where you have to like validate yourself? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <coughs> that that, that Avram Avinu is the king and the 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 initiator of 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 all of this. We have it in us because we're we're his children. So we have that ability, but I can't imagine I can't imagine. I mean we have the power to stand alone. Because Avram Avinu gave that to us. It's in our blood. It's in our spiritual DNA. As the Nefesh Chaim writes, Nefesh Chaim, Ruchaim Veladjim writes that in, in Pirkei Avos, so in Avram Avinu, Avinu, 
So he's our father. He gave that to us. But, uh, but to imagine how Avram Avinu did that, I can't imagine the Gevura that Avram Avinu makes sense that his child that was born was, was Mr. Uh, Gevura of all Gevura. That's what gave birth to Gevura. Avram Avinu gave birth to, the, to, 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 uh, to Yitzchak, who's the, the, the father of Esav, the father of all, not to say it, we can appreciate in the negative way of all murder and all Retzach, a Christian, of all Edom. Edom is all from, from Yitzchak, meaning it's from Esav, not from Yitzchak. He be Yitzchak, Yaakov, but you know what I'm saying. He, it, was, it was a, uh, a leftover, a little bit of that, of that power. We can't imagine what that power is. The Tzadikim, the Chavetz Chaim, his Gvura is greater than the Gvura that we can only imagine. The power that a, that a little sweet Yid, he could, he could rip the whole world to shreds. You know what I mean? As far as his Gvura, that power that you have. It's very, very powerful. It's very powerful. It's very, very, very difficult for a person, when a person doesn't speak Lashon Hara, right? Toila Eretz Alblima. Kola Oilam, the Oilam, the Gemara Chulin says, the whole entire world stands on someone who wants to say something and doesn't say it. It's so hard to keep your mouth shut, uh, not to say something. It's very difficult for a person to not say what he really wants to say. You have to be so, 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 so much cooler. Yes, Rabbi Tzvi, you're, we're, we're waiting for you, or you're, you're ready? Can't say it better than that. Thank you, Rabbi Tzvi. And 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 what's hard to hear that? It's very hard to hear that because the ego, which is very good, because we're learning Masil Sisharim uh, Anava, the ego takes over, and the ego says it can't be me. It can't be me. It can't be me. It's got to be the. Uh, it's got to be my roommate. What do you mean, my roommate? You're going to tell me you're going to tell me my roommates. My roommate's a slob. He's so selfish. I promise you. And my other roommate agrees with me. Uh, the, the the guy in the other caravan agrees with me. Our whole uh, high school career, everybody agreed with me. And you're going to tell me that it's that it's me? We can't believe it. You're not able to believe that. However, and it comes with your parents. It's the same thing. You're going to tell me who my mother is. You're going to tell me who my father. You're going to tell me that it's not my... You're going to tell me it's not my father's fault? You're going to tell me it's not my brother's What are you talking about? I grew up my whole life. You're going to tell me that actually it's me? It can't be. That's how we think. That's how we think. But the second that you make the switch, the second that you make the switch, it's the hardest switch to make. But when you make that switch, you're free. You become free. The reason you become free 
is because now life begins. Now you wake up. Now you woke up, and now you're like, oh, okay, great. Now I can do something about it. But it's bitter. I don't know what right the right word is. It's so painful for a person to say it's not that person, especially when it's your, someone you've been with your whole life, especially if someone who you know. That's, and that's where Lush and Hara comes in. I've had this many times. Many people ask that question. But what if I know that it's true? But what if everybody knows it's true? So, so that's exactly the point of Lashon Hara. The exact point of Lashon Hara is, is that maybe you are wrong. It's like a prehistoric, it's like changing your thoughts. Like if someone told you, you are, you are uh, not to confuse anyone in our generation, it's like scary to say this, that you're a girl. You know, someone told you, by the way, I wanted to maybe I shouldn't use that example, right? That, that uh, if someone tells you, by the way, you thought you were a boy your whole life, you're really a girl, Right? making that switch or telling you you thought that your name was you know uh, that's why I always say looking in the mirror you thought your name was Yitzi your name is really you know David you'd be like what? you think you grew up in wherever you grew up you really you'd be like what? what are you talking about? it can't be it shapes your entire foundation for who you are and that would be external so imagine internally if you had to switch something internally much much harder to say your happiness, the fact that you're a miserable, you're miserable is because you're not dealing with your misery. The fact that you have this problem is because you're not dealing with it. That's very heavy. But the second you start thinking like that, you're literally gonna start skipping and jumping and enjoying your life. That I can promise you. It's a journey, it's definitely a journey. It takes time, it takes time. And, 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 it, and it takes continuous work, it doesn't stop. It's not like you flick the switch and then, you, uh, and then you're over. I, I still have to do it. That's why I sit here and I, and I talk like this and I learn this and I learn the Hilchos Chavetz Chaim and I speak like this to remind myself that it's true. No matter what age you are, no matter what stage you're at, no matter where you're at, you have to remind yourself uh, that, that it's not the mirror. It's not on the mirror. Yes, Masano. Then we'll do Allah and then we'll start a little Anava in the Seals of Sharm, which is an, a fascinating, <coughs> incredible parrot. Yes. Yes. Sometimes you see negativity in somebody, and you're like, I don't do that. Like, you're like, I see, you know, somebody, like, when everybody puts the socks in the floor, and I get really upset, but like, I don't, I don't clean my socks in the floor. You can't tell me that, that I do that. Right, right. So like, it's, I think, like, what, what's really going on is that it's not about the socks in the floor. Right? Exactly. It's about, like, Exactly. 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 So, so Nisano, just to say that's what, was, that's what I was saying. When you see something, Zach was asking. When you see something in someone, it's not that I also leave the socks in the corner. The question is, why does it bother me that he leaves the socks in the corner? What do I care? What do I care that he leaves the socks in the corner? Why does this bother me? What triggers me? Why does it bother me when my wife does something? Why does it bother me when my children do something? Why does it bother me when my boss does something? Why does it bother me when my, when my colleague, when my, whoever it might be, my roommate, why does it bother me? That's, that's, that's where you want to go to. Just the fact that he leaves, who cares? So let him leave socks, let him leave, right? Socks in the corner, who cares? And part of it is, this happens all the time. Part of it is when you switch the story when you switch the story and you find out that the person who left the socks in the corner was beaten as a kid, or he was, uh, or he's an orphan, 
or he's blah, 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 suddenly you have Rachmanus and you can, it's okay that he puts the socks in the corner. Why? Because it's not about the socks in the corner. That's, that's the point. Shkoch Nassan. Thank you, Nassan. Yeah, that's, that's the key. That's the biggest point. Beautiful. Okay, let's do the halacha and then we'll learn a little bit about um, humility, which is uh, a very high level midah. Sometimes a person is complimented and you downplay the compliment. This happens sometimes. You're not allowed to do it because it causes shame to the person being spoken about. I don't know why you're making such a big deal about him. He's just an ordinary person. Now this is also very, you have to be very careful when you're praising someone in front of someone. You have to be very, very careful. If it's um, someone who you know doesn't like that person, you have to be very, very careful to praise someone. Or extra praise. Because sometimes when you extra praise, you're like, oh, this guy's great, he's this and that. And then someone's like, whoa, whoa, slow down. You're making him out to be bigger than he really is. That is very, very dangerous. So it's sort of avak lashon hara. It's your fault by extra praise, especially nowadays. People like to make people out to be like, you know, oh, he's the best thing, he's the this. You know, everyone likes to uh, celebrate everyone else a lot. You have to be very, very careful with that. Um, a respected Rav, another example, comes from England to America. When you speak to your relative from England, you mention, oh, it's so interesting, in America, he's not as popular as he is in England. So even though you didn't say he's bad, you just, you just downplayed how popular he is. Okay, Hilchus Lashon Hara, Hei Vav, Day 1857, Hashem will help each and every one of us. We should be Zoha to learn Hilchus Lashon Hara. That's the key. That's all we got to do. I, I could say, and I'm not saying this to compliment, I don't think I am. I'm not saying to compliment my son, to say my son, and that I'm, oh, that, that, oh, it's so nice that he says right away, Tati, we haven't learned the Hilchus Lashon Hara in a while. What I like about it, and the reason I'm sharing it, is because it's got to become a state, a stable and something that is uh, a staple in your house, something that you're constantly, it's part of your life. It's not part of your life that you necessarily don't speak Lashon Hara, We should be Zoha not to speak Lashon Hara, we should be Zoha to only see the good. But it's got to become a, a main, it's got to become a main uh, feature of your life, learning purity of speech, learning Hilchus Lashon it will change your entire life. Forget about what it does for the ruchnias. I'm not even talking about ruchnias. I'm not even talking about how terrible it is for someone's soul to speak Lashon Hara. I'm talking about for your, for your life. Man boy chai in this world. To enjoy this world. To focus on yourself. So Hashem will help us and all the Jewish people. We should be zocha to only say beautiful things, to see beautiful things. And it takes time. Time and patience. God willing, Natan... Right, is building his house soon. I know for sure he'll be learning. I, I have no doubt in my mind that he'll be learning purity of speech. He'll be learning. No doubt in my mind. I know that. Why? Because he sat here for five years and he's been in this yeshiva and he knows what it's about. He knows that that is what's the most important. That is the foundation of your house, of who you are, is to say we don't speak about other people. You don't speak about other people. We only praise and only love other people. Hashem will help us and all the Jewish people. We should be zocha to that. Amen. Okay. I love talking about humility. The reason I love talking about humility is because it's one of the most misunderstood um, um, uh, concepts, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. People associate humility with feeling 
you know, being low and no confidence and not accomplishing, right? The Balgaiva is accomplishing a lot. The Balgaiva is loud. Well, that, 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 that a lot of times is true, but, but, um, but, but it's, it's more about learning yourself. Being humble is a person who's honest with himself of who he is. Accepting my, my, to be, right? Brene Brown, right, who everyone loves so much because she says a word which already now needs to be changed because it's already over, overly said, is the word vulnerable. Vulnerable is the essence of being humble. Vulnerable means is that I'm able to say the fact that I'm uncomfortable. Not to say it when you're, when you're comfortable. It's not to say I'm uncomfortable when you're comfortable. I could stand up here and say, I am so uncomfortable at times. Look how vulnerable I'm being. But I'm not because I'm very comfortable now. I could say, oh, I have so many problems and I work on my problems. That's not a big deal because here, I'm here giving cheer. I feel very comfortable. I could put my feet up right now. I could smoke a cigarette. Right? I could drink a beer. I could be very comfortable. So for me to say, oh, you got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, that's not a big deal. But if I were speaking to, let's say, a crowd that I didn't know, and I was trying to prove myself, and I wasn't so comfortable, and I was, uh, uh, let's say, coming off of uh, a real problem that I'm facing, and I'm a little bit insecure inside because I'm self-conscious, you know, or someone whispered, whispered in my ear and said, Rabbi, you know, you're, uh, you, know, uh, you know, no one's paying attention to you. You're, I don't know what you're talking about. You're talking stupidity. You're blah, 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 blah. And suddenly I'd get like anxious and blah, blah, blah. And then I would be able to share my vulnerability and I'd be able to share my stuff. That would be tr- truly being more humble. That would be truly being more humble because you're in touch with the truth. As I say, authentic, sustainable happiness, let alone emotional health, is when you're connected to reality. The reality is of all of us, is the idea of being humble. As the Ramchal says, he says, let me just mention a few, a few things that he says. First of all, he says something that he doesn't say in the entire <coughs> Sefer. And he says, there's nothing worse. He says, Aim b'olam ra mehem which is pretty powerful. I have over here, it says, see page Ayn Ches, four lines from the top. You know what I'm referring to, Shalom Zalman? Yeah. What does he say? Four lines from the top. Ayn Ches, two, four. Ah, yeah. Okay, Shalom Lashma. Yeah, okay, he also says that. Haram Mekulam. That's where I borrowed... Someone who's trying to trick other people. Okay, interesting. Over here he says the worst thing a person could be is one thing on the outside and another thing on the inside. That's what drives people to rebel. That's what drives people to be angry at other people. That's what drives people uh, that they don't, they don't respect people when they say you are being something on the outside but not on the inside. None of us like, right? That's why the Gemara, right? Everyone remembers the Gemara in Brachas, right? The Machlokas between from Gamliel, right? Where it says, Tocho Kabaro, right? The reason why so many people were able to enter the base Medrash is because your outside and your inside did not have to match. If your outside and your inside had to match, much less people would be, would succeed. 
because a lot of times our outside and our inside don't match. They don't match. So says the Ramchal, when it comes to humility, he says, the first thing a person has to be, Im lo if you only want to be humble on the outside and not humble on the inside, you are a deceitful, pseudo-humble, superficial, humble person. Now that's very difficult, yeah, that's intense. And we're also in parakhafes, so it's a very high level. So let's talk about humility on the inside. Let's talk about internal humility. If anyone wants to give some examples, we could start, right? I'm going to start. I'll start with some examples of true humility. I mean, he brings it. He really says. He says, number one, The fact that you are deficient. You have deficiencies. You know what's funny about humility? Humility is the humble person's a happy person. You know why a humble person's a happy person? Why is a humble person a happy person? Because a lot of times the reason we're not happy is because, what, um, I have chesronos, I have deficiencies, I'm not where I want to be. But the humble person's like, okay, who doesn't have deficiencies? The irony is a depressed person, again, I'm not talking about a clinically depressed person who needs, who has real, real depression, who might, might not be able to get out of it. I'm talking about, even though it might start from here, but a depressed person, a person who always is sad, that comes from tremendous gaiva. Comes from tremendous ego. Because I always got to experience, everything's got to work out for me. I got to be number one. I have to, especially when it comes to Judaism, it's even harder. I did an Avera. I'm not the tzaddik that I want to be. Not everything is perfect. Not everything is that. That's, that's where humility comes in. A humble person's a happy person. Why? I'm happy with the little that I have. And I realize that I have weaknesses. I realize that I have deficiencies. People have trouble working on themselves. People have trouble working on themselves. Why? Because they don't want to accept the fact that I have this problem. I'm insecure. Or I'm an ego person. Or I always have to be right. Some people always have to be right. Some people have to always be right and have to say that this is the way things are. They can't say maybe. Maybe someone has a different opinion than I have, as we're going to learn. It's one of the ways to be, right? Anyone who has shalom bias, I'm going to go into shalom bias. This gets people upset when they hear me say this. It's very hard to hear this. People who have shalom bias problems, people who knock and have trouble in relationships, it's going to come from a lack of humility. A lack of humility. Do you appreciate everything that you have from your spouse? Do you appreciate it? Are you able to say, okay, maybe she's different, maybe my spouse is different than me. They have a different way of doing things. But your children, wait till you have children, and your children are different from you. It all is born from humility. Question, comments, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. We could spend days on this, which maybe, maybe we might even. So let's, uh, let me hear from you guys, please. That's humility. That's where humility is born from. Happiness is is a outgrowth of being humble. So people might not want to hear that because it's hard to say that my happiness is a result that I'm not so humble. Patience. Patience is a tool of humility. If you're patient. Let me hear from you guys, please. Oh, 
Oh, please, Nathan. So how does one attain humility? How does one attain humility? I, I, I want to become a humble person. Oh. Where do I start? Beautiful. <laughs> Nathan, I like the question, first of all. He wants to become humble. So we'll learn about the, to, how to acquire humility, which we'll talk about. But I think the first step, I'm not going to, I don't mean to, to uh, I could give you one or, one or two things, but, um, but I think what's first important is to identify what is, what is uh, um, not humility, what is gaiva, what are my, what are my uh, results of my humility versus God. I think I would first identify. So if you're, Nassim's asking, Nassim HaChatan, the Chassan is asking, um, how do I become, how do I acquire humility? So I think the first step in acquiring, which we're going to get to, is Rat Hashem. The first step in acquiring humility is identifying that maybe this piece is because I have to learn how to not expect everything to be uh, a certain way. When we expect everything to be a certain way, and first I have to understand, I first want to identify. When I, it, what's difficult about, about, about Anava and Gaiva is it's really very uh, f- uh, fa- fundamental and foundational, right? The Balgaiva really is one of the roots of all uh, Averus come and problems come from Gaiva. Being humble, you know, I'll mention nothing because you said something. Um, at the end, he says one of the things is when a person recognizes um, <coughs> how things can change very quickly. A person uh, becomes more humble when he realizes that that time changes. A person who's rich can become poor. A person who's healthy, God forbid, can become sick. A person who is um, successful, is mashmul gayim. Hashem takes those things. Your life, your life is going well. In one second, a person's life can turn upside down. That keeps a person very humble. When a person realizes all the blessings that he has from Hashem, when a person has realizes all the gifts that Hashem has given him, that makes a person humble. But that, that's already how you acquire humility. What I think we need to do is recognize the power of being humble. And I'm going to end off with one thing because it seems, yeah, all right. I'm just understanding yeah, yeah, the concept please. of humility. Yes. I yeah, that's right. That humility is obviously within yourself. Mm-hmm. But does it have to be in comparison to, some, to someone else? Like, humility no. is only before someone or something else? No. Or it's fully within... Right, so beautiful. So that's what I wanted that... So what, what you're saying is exactly what I wanted to say to Nassim. We first have to identify what humility is. Humility is not walking around like this. That's not humility. The Ramchal will tell us that those are ways afterwards to get to humility. The Pasuk that he brings is Vahayisi Shafal Be'enai. David Amel says, I am humble within myself. It's not what other people view. Other people could say, oh, this guy is such a big Balgaiva. He's such a this. If I know inside, Vahayisi Shafal Be'enai. It's how you feel about yourself. Compared to someone else? Not compared to anybody. By yourself. About yourself within yourself. A humble person, when he naturally, the reason they say, the Ramchal is going to say, the reason you go like this and you bend over when you're davening 
is because naturally, if you would meet a person, you would meet someone who is so great, you naturally would go like this. Right, but you naturally you feel would go lower. Like, like what's considered lower if you don't have anything to compare it to? So like, I can feel low before Hashem because I understand His greatness. But if it's just within me and I'm the only only thing that exists in the world, right. then the concept of low, what's low? Maybe that's high. Right, so, so, so it has to be that you need an external, like... Yeah, okay, so I'm not sure. Okay, I don't know. That's, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a feeling. It's a, When a person feels humble, right? When a person uh, uh, feels humble, he feels humble. When a person feels that he's not worthy of what he's getting and what he has, and he has a feeling of, wow, when a person... Let's say, God forbid, uh, goes to a doctor and they and they hear things they don't want to hear. They hear from a God forbid, that should make it. No one should need that to humble them. We should be humble, so we don't need those things. And he hears and he gets scared. And about that's humility. That life is fleeting. You don't need any comparison. That's the reality to realize that I'm going to be dead. When a person goes to a funeral, when a person goes to a funeral and sees a body being put in the ground and there's dirt going on there, it's, it's you humbling that you know that one day you're going to be there. You know, not in comparison to anything, it's a feeling inside of like, wow, I am a mortal human being, and one day I'm gonna be eaten by worms, and I'm gonna be down in the ground. That's a humbling feeling. Not only do with anybody else, you don't have to, you don't have to act humble then. It's, it's, it's deep, it's inside. Now, I wanna end off with one thing that, yes, Rabbi Tzvi. I also think humility Exactly. I heard this from Rabbi Suud, the young Calvin, and Shalashudis. He shared in the name of Rabbi Mazuz that said he saw this medrash and he can't find it. Or the medrash about Avram Abinu, that when he was last here, the Chuba people, it was this old guy that walked into his house and told him, Can you give me chicken? So Avram Abinu told him, I'll give you meat or the best, the best stuff on one condition. Then you say, Baruch. Hashem um, uh, and the guy was holding a getchka is up by the czar, and he's like, no way I'm saying that. So Abraham told him to get out of here. So that Zuckin went and sat down and was crying to the getchka, and Hashem came to Abraham and he said, Abraham, I don't understand. For the past who knows how many years, I was feeding you with the, and feeding him without, without him saying, Baruch uh, and Hashem told him, that's not how you're going to get them. You first install in them the love, and then it will follow. So he went and called back the old guy, and he said, and, and, and the old guy said, you know what, I'll say what you want. And he said, no, you eat the meal. And he ate the meal, and then he was close to Juba. And, and I think one of what Rebbe always says, how we, um, don't judge me just because I sin different than you or something like that. Right. that line is that many people in yeshiva, they have a syndrome as they grow, and the younger generation comes in, they'll be like, I can't believe you're listening to Gaish music. But two months ago, you were in the same place, going crazy when someone said that to you. And that is humility. Just on a practical level, last night, um, someone was at my house, and I asked them to let my kids watch a little uh, post-shirt cartoon. And he's like, you should know, um, this uh, causes the kids not to have an imagination. It's a horrible thing. So, so I told them, well, how about we start first, and you stop sitting there watching all day when you go at my kids, just because you, you don't want to be touching your iPad. But, but I think that is really the point. 
that not forgetting what we're doing when we have kids and when, like, how can I tell my kids yes. don't smoke a cigarette, which has to do with, like, who am I to do that? I can say, listen, daddy is an idiot, but the words of, how dare you do that? Wait a minute, why is he different than me? I rebel, he rebels. And I want to, and I beautiful Rabbi Tzvi. And I want to just end off as, uh, as I think we have to end off. I'd like to uh, to say that humility. This is what I love about humility. What I love about humility is humility is power. Humility gives you the ability to do whatever it is that you want to do because you're not afraid of failure. When you're afraid of failure, that means you're not so humble. Because, it's, first of all, it's natural to be afraid of failure. It's very normal for a person to be afraid of failure. But that comes from gaiva. What are people going to think? How could I fail? Especially as you get older and older. When you're younger, a little kid, a little kid has no problem doing things and not being successful because that's what makes little kids happy, exciting, jumping around. Because they're, they're experiencing, they're experimenting. And there's the joy and the enjoyment of life. When a person starts beginning, starts getting so afraid, and if you think about it, if you track when all those fears start, they usually start when you're 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. When you start becoming, I've heard this from many people, when I was younger, I didn't, wasn't like this, I wasn't like this. Suddenly when I became 15, 16, 17, I started becoming more what? What is it? Self-conscious. You start becoming more conscious of who you are. That's the ego. The ego, and that's a normal thing, that you become self-conscious. The goal that a person wants to try and attain is you want to be less self-conscious and you want to say, I'm not afraid to try new things. I can't tell you how many times a person could go ahead and say like, oh, I'm afraid to go to this place and this place. I'm, I'm afraid to work on myself. I'm afraid to do this and this and that. Why? Because it's, it's a month to do it. It's two months to do it. Three months. In the big picture of things, what's two months, three months? What's, what's a, in the big picture of things, what's a year? When a person says, you know what? I'm willing to, right? I have with a lot of guys, when they're willing to go, people who are willing to go to a program or they're willing to go get help in a certain thing, they'll say, oh, I don't have the time to do that. It's not that you don't have the time to do that. It comes from ego. Comes from ego, I'm afraid I'm going to fail. I'm afraid I'm gonna look at myself as a person says, oh, as far as learning, I wanna start learning, I wanna start learning, let me try learning Ian, let me start learning Bikias, let me start learning this. Oh, I'm afraid I'm gonna burn out. First give yourself a, a, a week or two to try it, to try it. When you try things, that's a result of a person being humble. And if you try things, it'll make you be more humble. Not to be afraid. So Hashem will help each and every one of us. We should be Zoha as we'll learn more about humility. And just to remind us all, humility is in Parak Chav Beis, 22nd Parak of the Mesil Sharm. There are only 26 Prakim. It's at the way end of the Sefer. So it means it's a very, very high level for a person <laughs> to be humble. If you feel that you have a lot of ego, it means you're very normal. It means you're very... Uh, uh, healthy in a certain way because you're normal but it's something that a person can look to learn how to be more humble another way of humility which I'll just end off is learning and letting go and having other people guide you a lot of times people have trouble letting go to let other people
tell you things about yourself. I don't want to hear it. I know, I know, I know. A lot of times that's out of fear of also the same thing, as I might try something and it might not work. Hashem will help each and every one of us. We should be zoko all the words that we're speaking at the Hilchas Chavetz Chaim, the Ramchal. We should be zoko as we begin a new week. We to have an amazing, strong day, an amazing, strong week of learning Torah, of working on ourselves, of Ben Adam Lechaveiro, and of living the life that we want to live. Have a wonderful first day of the rest of your life. Thank you, everyone.